No. Yes. Man, it works every time. Yeah. Welcome back to another episode of Super Duper Flex Bros. Tonight is Tuesday, June 8th. We'll be talking all things Titan, and uh, we'll, we'll be doing our baby monitor segment. So that, that's one of our favorite segments that we haven't done for a while. But tonight, Sam and I are reunited. It's been a while since we, we've done a show together. So happy to get, get you back on here, Sam. How are you doing tonight? Yeah, I'm good. I, I know uh, a couple of weeks ago you mentioned us doing one of these baby monitor episodes. And yeah, I think we haven't done one um since the kickoff of this last season so it's been about a year so it's good to revisit some of these guys that we should be monitoring especially considering a lot of them you can probably get off the waiver or for a third round pick um so looking forward to that as well but hey i see right here at the top of the the sheet you've got some uh some sad news about one of your favorite players yeah one of my favorite players in dynasty and helped me win a couple of season-long championships last season is Jeff Wilson Jr. being out. Wilson! Wilson! I'm sorry! I'm sorry, Wilson! Wilson, I'm sorry! I'm sorry! Wilson! I can't! I know this news probably came out three or four weeks ago now, but like like I said, it, it's been a while since we've we've done a show together. But you and I had had a talk about Jeff Wilson, and I'm saying that if you are short on running backs, I would for sure go out and offer a third for Jeff Wilson right now because it's looking like he's going to come back in November, and if, if that's the case, um, I don't think Mostert is going to be the full time starter. I think he will be splitting time with. Uh, Trey Sermon so Jeff Wilson could be a league winner again if he comes back just in time for the, those fantasy playoffs so go out and offer that third for Jeff Wilson yep and if if I'm in any leagues with you and if somehow I've got Jeff Wilson I'll, I'll be making that move because I think if if uh, 49ers backfield has proven one thing it's that they're gonna continue to be injured we saw Trey Sermon get injured his last college game so uh, that's a backfield I'm gonna say to avoid but Hey, if you're talking a third round pick, you could do worse than get a uh, a running back that won you a championship last year. So I, I can respect it. Well, um, earlier today we had one of our listeners, Danny, uh, reach out and he meant he had mentioned he had a couple of questions for you and I to talk about. So question number one, we mentioned we're going to be talking about the Titans today, um, but he was asking about AJ Brown's value post Julio Jones trade, of course. Um, and my, my thoughts on this, if anything, I really feel like AJ Brown's value just went up. So we saw Kelvin Ridley be extremely productive last season, um, finishing the season higher and even started off the season, putting up better numbers than Julio. Um, and I think Julio still needs to be, um, really, really paid attention to by the other teams. Last year we saw AJ Brown only get about 106 targets in 14 games. I expect that overall number to go up uh, both games that he plays and, and his targets. Uh, And then that addition of Julio that pretty much guarantees AJ Brown can't be doubled on, you know, like 70% of his routes. So for me, if I've got AJ Brown, I'm not moving him at all. If, if anything, I think he's, he's just going to get a little bit better opportunity with the targets that, uh, 
he was already being so efficient with from Tannehill. Do, do you have any differing thoughts on that? No, I, I think A.J. Brown is still a top three receiver in, in Dynasty. I don't think – I think you can argue that, that maybe a couple of targets get taken away or that he gets a softer matchup. So, to me, it does. it's just kind of split in hairs. But if the uh, A.J. Brown owner in any Dynasty leagues is willing to move him, I would be uh, sending an overpay right now. Yeah. Yeah, I think – yeah, we've got similar thoughts on A.J. Brown. You and I play in a handful of leagues, and between you and I, I think we have them in the majority of them. Um, so Danny's second question is, why are we seeing Swift's value suddenly drop? Um, I think we've, we've all seen the news that Jamal Williams is going to be a lot more involved, and Todd really went out there. He, I didn't think of this joke on my own, but I do have to throw it out there. Apparently, when Todd Gurley went out there, um, the, of course, now I'm blanking on uh, Motor City Dan, um, he, he uh, oh man, I'm butchering this joke, but you don't have to make any edits to this. So Motor <laughs> City Dan had been talking about how he wants to bite kneecaps. Well, when Todd Gurley came in for that interview, it turns out Todd Gurley doesn't have any kneecaps left. Uh, so that's why he left without a deal. Uh, but going back to the thoughts on Swift's value, <laughs> Uh, I, I don't think it should uh, really be dropping too much. But for the 2020 season, uh, I kind of wanted to look at where we can project him to finish uh, based on guys that have, have you know, kind of similar attributes that have been in situations like this. Uh, I didn't have to look much further down than Miles Sanders. So if you think about uh, his finishes, uh, in 2020, he finished as RB24. And a big part of that was he only had six total touchdowns, six of them rushing, and then uh, no receiving touchdowns. And then 2019, he finished RB14, um, but again, with just six total touchdowns, so three rushing, three three receiving. Um, the big difference there are, is those receiving touchdowns. So I think he was a little bit more involved in the receiving game back then. Um, so I think that's a fair projection right there. If you look at what Sanders did the last couple of years on a really limited offense with really limited uh, red zone opportunity, I think we'll see him finish somewhere between that RB 14 to RB 24. Uh, but we're talking dynasty. We're talking the long game. So if you're rebuilding at all and you've got a piece like a miles Sanders or, or, um, I, I don't know, Antonio Gibson, I, I, I definitely value Swift higher than those guys. Um, I, I'm not as high on Gibson as some other people are, um, but if I was rebuilding, I'd definitely be looking to add a piece to a lesser back, uh, just knowing that things can probably only get better in Detroit when they draft a uh, quarterback in the 2022 draft. Um, but but this year, it is going to be rough. They're going to have really limited opportunities, and Jamal Williams is a fine running back, and uh, we're, we're going to see better days ahead for Swift, but probably not in this 2021 season. Yeah, I like the uh, I like all the analytics that you, you put together here. I, I think that makes a lot of sense. I also I see DeAndre Swift finishing right around RB twelve or RB fourteen in twenty twenty one, but he's he's a perfect running back to to go out and try to acquire if, if you're rebuilding. I don't think Swift is going to be offering the, the league winning upside that some of these other running backs like Clyde Edwards-Helaire on an explosive offense can offer you for this season. So um, if you had uh, Clyde Edwards-Alaire, would you be trying to trade him for Swift if you were rebuilding? Yeah, yeah, definitely. It, uh, straight up, if I wasn't competing, I would be trading CEH for Swift. 
Um, yeah, I think it's fair to say CH. Um, there's probably a 90% chance he has a better season than Swift, uh, just considering he's probably going to get closer to that double-digit touchdown mark. Um, so I think that's a great example. Um, yeah, and, but and, since, and I think I think Swift is, is probably over or uh, is valued more than Ceh right now, and, and rightfully so. So I think you'd have to add something to that. Um, but that's still whether you're adding a um, a second or a or a quality wide receiver too, just just to move up um, the the uh, 2022 version of Swift. I think is gonna, is going to be great once they they uh, are in year two of that Motor City Dan Campbell offense and ha- have a new quarterback. Yeah, and since we're going to wrap up this listener question quick, and uh, you're going to start us off with one of your baby monitor tight ends, I do want to use this uh, Detroit Lions talk. Um, I I want to use this as an opportunity to remind you to go out and pay up for Hawkinson uh, because we're talking about that limited uh, touchdown opportunity, and we saw him finish as tight end number five last season off of only six touchdowns. So I know I've made that comparison of how Tanyan finished above him. Um, But I think he had about twice as many touchdowns. So I will say Hawkinson's going to be the uh, exception to the the Lions rule where just with his volume alone, we're going to see him still finish easily as a top five tight end uh, this season and moving forward. So uh, don't let that limited touchdown opportunity uh, sway you from making those moves to get Hawkinson. Yeah, absolutely. I, I think everybody in the dynasty community is already well aware of how poor the uh, receiving core in uh, Detroit is. So I, I think that they have to move the ball through through Hawkinson. I, I think there's going to be a lot of a lot of third and five and a lot of third and six where they're, they're not going to be able to run the ball. Um, so I think I think Hawkinson just with his targets alone. Um, we'll we'll finish at at tight end is, is kind of his floor, but he could he could easily finish inside that top three in 2021. Yeah. Well, speaking of tight ends, you want to kick us off with who you still have on your baby monitor? Yeah. So th- this is a guy that I wanted to talk about. Um, actually, we we did mention him on the on the last show with uh, Pro Football Focus's Ben. What um, is Anthony Persker? It was actually the very next day. He was getting some buzz in camp, and I think he was the number one added player in, in Dynasty Leagues and in sleeper for a couple of days. Um, actually, this past week, there was some word out of camp that the tight ends might still be shopping around for uh, signing a, a, another tight end, and possibly a, a tight end like Zach Ertz could end up on that roster. Um, I, I think right now would, would actually be a good time where Anthony Persker's value could dip. And this is the kind of guy that whoever in your league has him, I guarantee did not draft him uh, before any startups this year. So I think he's a guy that you can get for around a, uh, a second round pick right now. Maybe you can get a, a third or fourth round in return. Uh, but but he's a guy that I, I definitely believe in for 2021. I think he's going to be this year's Logan Thomas, where um, the, the the Titans kind of showed their hand during the draft. They they First of all, they didn't draft anybody. They didn't um, op- even offer Janu a contract and then they didn't go and, and sign any um, free agents after the draft. So I, I just feel like Anthony first here is set up to succeed this season. Yeah. Yeah. Even uh, we talk about Julio coming over, how that helps AJ Brown. I think uh, the same can be said for the, their only pass catching tight end on their roster. I'm just looking at the uh, fantasy rankings right now. And it looks like Anthony first is tight end 33. So um, according to the the dynasty community, he's not even uh, looked at as a, 
uh, a tight end two right now, but I think he's a perfect upside play. If they don't sign anybody, I, I think Burster has has a minimum of, of 70 targets. Um, his blocking isn't uh, isn't too great, so when he's on the field, I think he's going to be getting targets. Yeah, yeah, I love it. Who who else do you have? Looks like you've got uh, multiple people from the Titans on your baby monitor. So the next uh, Titan that, that we have on here, this is a guy that um, is, is not really getting any uh, preseason buzz yet, which I think he, he's going to. Uh, this was a guy that was getting taken in the second round of rookie draft last season, and that's Darrington Evans. So he, he was uh, drafted in the third round by the Titans, which uh, can you recall off, off the top of your head how many running backs were drafted in the first three rounds in the 2021 draft? Um, was it five? I, I, I believe it was five. So if, if Darrington Evans w- was uh, drafted this season, I think he'd be um, kind of in that same uh, range as Michael Carter going at, at the 205 or 206 in, in rookie drafts. Um, so after he got drafted, he dealt with his injuries all last season. Uh, we saw Derrick Henry lead the league in rushing again. Uh, but before Derrick Henry uh, kind of turned into Marshawn Lynch and went beast mode, we, uh, we did see him split the field with uh, with Deion Lewis back in, in 2019, so, or in 2018. And, and I, I feel like right now isn't necessarily a time to sell Derrick Henry cheap or anything like that. I know he's been talked about on previous dynasty shows that, that you should go out and, and trade Derrick Henry. I think everybody kind of knows what Henry is right now. He's, he's a win now running back who's probably got one or two more year, uh, years of, of solid running back one production. But I think they're going to try to sprinkle in some Darrington Evans on those on those third downs. And we can see him carve out a role similar to uh, Naheem Hines where he could have some, some pretty big weeks. So I've seen Darrington Evans dropped in some dynasty leagues, and I've seen him um, just kind of thrown in for for some some drafts or some some trades. So if you can go out and get get Darrington Evans cheap, I think he's he's a guy that a lot of people that spent second round picks on might be willing to ship for a third right now. Yeah, I, I love it. I know um, we we mentioned Justice Hill on this this show pretty often. I think it's because if you go back a few years ago. There are people spending late first rounds on, on Justice Hill, just hoping that he's the uh, the Ravens running back that hit. Um, but I see more Justice Hill being held on to than Darrington Evans, where Hill is going to be the third or fourth rushing option on his team, and, and Darrington Evans um, has just that one running back in front of him. So I think he's definitely a handcuff to own if you, if you uh, have Derrick Henry. So that being said, if you've got Henry, I would absolutely – see if uh, you can package just a third uh, for Darrington Evans because I think he's going to be a, a pretty strong handcuff. And, yeah, you're right. There's there's not a whole lot there um, outside of him. And just to throw some numbers at you, too, in uh, 2018, before Derrick Henry broke out to uh, close the, the season in that unforgettable Week 14 game against the Jaguars, uh, Darrington Evans – or, sorry, Deion Lewis – had uh, 155 rush attempts and 67 targets. So if uh, if you pencil that in, then I think Darrington Evans is essentially an, an RB3 that has weekly RB2 upside. No, oh, that's a great point, too. So uh, who else do you have on the baby monitor not on the Tennessee Titans? All right. So th- this is a guy that I thought people would be a little bit higher on, but I've, I've seen him um, going towards the end of third rounds and um, early fourth rounds. And that's uh, 
the wide receiver drafted by the LA Rams, Tutu Atwell, um, drafted in the second round. I think some people feel like they might have gotten burnt last year by, by Van Jefferson, who didn't really produce. Um, but I think uh, McVay really misses having that, that speed sphere that he had back when he had Brandon Cooks, all the things that he could do behind the line of scrimmage and just, just the deep shots with, with Cooks and, uh, and, and Jared Goff. So um, I, I, I would put Tutu Atwell in a similar tier as Nicole Hartman. And if, if there's any kind of injury to Robert Woods or Cooper Cup, who are both getting up there in age, knock on wood, I don't want to see them get hurt. But I think Tutu Atwell could actually carve out a pretty decent role. No, I, I agree. I just took him at the end of the third round in a 14-man league, and then we saw him go undrafted in a 16-man league. Um, so you saw a lot of our league mates saw it too. I, I spent all $100 of fab on him for the season already. Um, but I, I think back to when Cooks first went over to the Rams. He, I forget if it was on ESPN or what, but they uh, they had McVay mic'd up on the sidelines, and uh, Cooks was running all these deep routes and everything. And McVay would just look over at his guys, and he'd say, did you see Cooks? Do you see how fast he went? And then they'd cut to another clip, and he'd be, how, fa how fast was Cooks? How fast do you think he was? Like, he's just... Uh, just enamored by that speed. So I agree. I think he misses um, having somebody that can really stretch the field. And on top of that, I love that we've seen Stafford uh, be able to hit on the deep ball with so many random guys. You think about uh, Marvin Jones and then Marvin Hall recently, um, guys that can get down the field. He's not afraid to throw it deep and, and throw it accurately. So I think um, – you mentioned Van Jefferson. He he made some plays in the uh, the playoff game against the Packers, and uh, he he was really productive just the last couple of games in the regular season. So I think there's going to be multiple weapons that they need to kind of account for, and that's going to leave Tutu Atwell all by himself on the outside. Uh, not to mention he's probably going to bring some kick return uh, points too if if your uh, league awards any points for any kick return points. So. Yeah, I, I, I love seeing him on the baby monitor. Um, he's not on my monitor. He's on a lot of my rosters. So Well, it, it's funny that, that you bring up that clip because I was actually looking to uh, to find that, that clip on, on YouTube or, or somewhere else. Maybe one of our listeners can help us find that. But I also do remember seeing that, just seeing how, how giddy McVay got. And um, there, there's some questions about how good he actually is as a coach after – the Super Bowl run, um, one of the most boring Super Bowls of all time, and then uh, his struggle. So um, I think he's, he's putting a lot of the blame on Goff, and I think this season, going back to the uh, Detroit Lions, we're going to see if this is going to be a redemption for McVay or, or a redemption for Jared Goff. Yeah. Nope. And, uh, all right. You, so got, got, you one, got one left. I got one more player on, uh, on the baby monitor. Uh, it's, it's unlikely to happen, but if there is a James Robinson this year, I'm calling for Jared Patterson, undrafted running back, signed by the Washington football team. Uh, a couple of weeks ago, Ron Rivera has already compared him to Darren Sproles, which is kind of funny because Sproles is known as, as a receiving back. And Jared Patterson had a total of zero receptions his final um, college season. But he did have 22 recep receptions his, uh, his sophomore year, so he can catch the ball. But uh, Jared Patterson was getting uh, 20 and close to 30 carries per game. So um, I think with with Gibson's toe injury, I'm guessing that Gibson's not going to be a 20-plus carry running back, where I think Ron Rivera wants to put him in, in, a, in a role to succeed. So I think Gibson's going to try to slide into a, 
Alvin Kamara role where he might get 10 to 12 carries and then um, eight to 10 uh, targets out, out of the backfield each game. So if, if they're going to uh, go, go um, in that direction, then Jared Patterson only has to beat out JD McKissick um, for, for some of the, those rush attempts, which um, is his age 28 season. I think that's going to be an outlier where I don't think JD McKissick is going to have uh, much, much of a role this season, unless if we see Antonio Gibson get hurt. So I, I like Jared Patterson to kind of play that marketing ground to the Elvin Kamara role. Yeah, no, I, I like the comp. I do think that uh, they like to have McKissick. I, I just recently heard the the splits on third down, and uh, McKissick is definitely uh, um, valued as their, their third down back, and I don't think that's going to go away, but I do think they want to kind of relieve some of that workload off Gibson, just seeing him get banged up. And it's definitely a concern that he hasn't been able to recover from that that toe injury, which seemed to lag throughout the entirety of the offseason. So, yeah, not not a bad stash, especially if he gets some first-team reps and if he impresses with it. Uh, yeah, the, the, the Washington football team, they're definitely building things the right way. It seems like their offensive line is going to have some con- continuity. So, yeah, there's a lot worse – uh, teams to take undrafted running backs uh, behind than the uh, the football team, and and uh, Jared Patterson was was going undrafted in the rookie drafts that that occurred shortly after the NFL draft, and I think part of that was that he um, he was not signed by by Washington, so even even uh, most people's top fifty ranks did uh, don't even have have Jared Patterson right now, whereas if you go to superduperflexpros.com you'll see that we have uh, Jared Patterson um, penciled in at our, our 3.07 as our RB8 behind uh, Chuba Hubbard. So um, even though he went undrafted, I just love the landing spot, and I, I love the talent of uh, the, the uh, uh, Buffalo team that he, he worked or that he, he played for, really leaned on him in the, the fourth quarter to, to close out games, and um, he, he, he produced every single year. So I if uh, if somebody picked up Jared Patterson in your league and you've got a couple of fourth round picks for next year, I'd be comfortable sending a fourth round pick over for, and uh, taking the chance on Patterson. No, it's it's a good call. Do do we want to move on to the the final topic of this evening's show? Let's do it. All right. Well, the last show you had Ben from Pro Football Focus on, uh, and you guys made some really good points. Uh, but you you guys were both high fiving your your takes on Chase Edmonds and talking about how you'd like to have him on, on every there, team. There's a lot to be excited about for next season. There's, well, I'm going to see if I can sell you guys on the other side. And I, I don't want to see you trade away a second for uh, Chase Edmonds. I'd rather see you uh, trade away a third for a guy that's going to do what you expect Edmonds to do. But I'll get to that part later. Uh, but here's some reasons why you need to sell your, your Chase Edmonds. So first of all, when it comes to the Cardinals, the only piece I want is Kyler. So you saw last year about halfway through the season in any leagues that I had Hopkins, I was trading him away um, for Ayuk and players like that. Uh, what the Cardinals do extremely well is they spread the ball around. And so we saw Kyler finish as QB6 his rookie season when he didn't have a lot of options. And then he finished his second season as QB3. So absolutely, I'm all all in on Kyler. I, I want to trade for him if I don't have him. Uh, I don't think there's anybody out there that isn't a fan of Kyler. So what concerns me about how they spread the ball so much is last season we saw Hopkins have seven games of 10 or less points um, in, in half-point scoring. 
So Kenyon Drake, their starting running back at the time, he had six games of uh, less than 10 points. And then Edmonds, so if you thought seven or six games were bad between Hopkins and Drake, Edmonds had nine games of less than 10 points. And so he's supposed to be the, uh, the, the PPR savior. So this next season, what we're going to see is James Conner comes in to replace Drake. Now, in games where Conner receives at least 40% of the snaps, Conner has only had three games of less than 10 points. So we've got a more efficient uh, version of Kenyon Drake coming in. Um, and then last season we saw Edmonds have a career high of 97 carries, um, including 25 in week nine right after their bye week. In those uh in that, in that week nine game that he had 25 carries, he finished with 10.3 fantasy points. So I'd say a little un- underwhelming off 25 carries. Um, and then Connor has still averaged about 190 carries when he plays 13 games. But all, all that aside, the last really key note that I wanted to hone in on last season at the goal line, we saw Drake with 21 goal line carries. Chase Edmonds had one. Um, I should have looked up how many Kyler had, but I can guarantee he had more than one. So that's that's the bad news on Edmonds. So the good news is if if you want a player that's going to deliver um, and you can just trade a third-round pick for him, you just go out and get Gio Bernard. So he's with the Bucks now. Uh, last season we saw Fournette, Ronald Jones, and Keyshawn Vaughn all combined for 15 drops. Uh, Gio has had about half that. He had eight total drops in the last three seasons uh, while averaging about 40 passes uh, his way each, each year. So, and, and like, you know, this has been on pretty poor offenses too. Uh, you think back to Andy Dalton and some of the less efficient quarterbacks. Uh, it, I don't know if you're, if you're going to cheat and look up the show sheet here, Tom, but do you know how many targets per season James White was getting the last four seasons he played with Tom Brady? Um, I'm pretty sure it's close to a hundred. Yeah. He was getting about 90 targets per season. Um, so Gio's been getting 55 during that season. So I think we're going to see him upwards of 70 to 80 targets. So my, um, I guess advice would be instead of trading a second for Edmonds, where he's probably just going to disappoint you like he did last season, just trade away a third for that old Gio Bernard. That's probably going to be Brady's, uh, favorite weapon as he rides out into the sunset here in the next couple of seasons so how are you feeling about chase Edmonds? well i'll, I'll say i agree with you on, on geo bernard but i don't think uh you and i are gonna uh, come anywhere close on on chase Ed- Edmonds here so he, he's currently ranked rb28 which i think is is just ridiculous way too low in the dynasty community where 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 would you place chase Edmonds if you had to so right now we see melvin gordon at 29 A.J. Dillon at 30, Michael Carter at 31, Damon Harris at 32. Are there any uh, running backs after that that you would prefer over him? Well, I think I think we both know we're talking dynasty, but then we're also talking this coming season based on their their opportunities and who they're competing with. So uh, how how about this? I think we've been waiting all season for our T-shirt jersey bet. But do you want to do a Gio Bernard versus Chase Edmonds? t-shirt jersey bet absolutely (laughs) all right i'll take the geo side on that one so at the end of the season whoever finishes higher will will buy the other one a a t-shirt jersey all right i'll I'll add that to uh my my other two t-shirts from our previous (laughs) bets all right
<laughs> so I've got, I, a good, I, I've got a good feeling I, I, about this one. See, you got a lot of good uh, good numbers thrown at me. I, I should have prepared better, but I just I just don't see James Conner having having much of a role. He might get those goal line carries that you pointed out. I'll agree with that. I could see him getting over fifty percent of them. But I feel like last season the the Cardinals took too long to switch from Kenyon Drake as a starter to Chase Edmonds, and now I think they are going to give Chase Edmonds that, that role. And I, I just see him as a much more explosive version of, of James White, where I feel like Kyler's first season, he was trying to extend the play and looking for that, that big deep shot. But if, if you go back and watch any, any tape of uh, Chase Edmonds highlights, a lot of, a lot of his plays come from just kind of being that uh, third or fourth read where, where Kyler just dumps it off to him and he picks up um, another five to 10 yards. So I, I, I love Edmonds in, in PPR and I think he's going to finish as, as a top 20 back. I could see him finishing higher than uh, David Montgomery or Josh Jacobs this season. Wow. All right. Well, you definitely love Edmonds more than me. So if I, if I hadn't traded him to you in all the leagues already, I'd, I'd be uh, pushing that, that accept button on uh, your proposal for a second round pick for him. Oh yeah, if if you're in win now and you need and you need that that final running back, I would I'd give up the future first for Chase Edmonds. Wow. All right. Well, but I I don't want to hear you talk yourself into any more of a corner on Chase Edmonds than that. So, any uh any closing thoughts before we get out of here? Well, we might not agree on on Chase Edmonds, but I feel like you and I are definitely. Um, as high as anybody else can be right now on, on another player in Dynasty who's getting a lot of buzz. Any, any idea who I'm talking about right now? No, no, who are we talking about? So this this is a, a tight end named Kyle Pitts. <laughs> yeah, I, uh, I can't disagree with you on that. In one of our league chats, um, actually our first Super Duper Flex Bros best ball league. Um, so be on the lookout for those. Uh, we'll post some invites on the website. Um, but I, I mentioned that uh, I, I feel like the Falcons, they knew that they had to uh, trade away Julio. And this was easily uh, a decision that they had made before the NFL draft. And with that knowledge that they're going to have to let Julio, the, the face of their franchise, the last decade go, um, they still took Pitts over Chase. So I think that that says a lot about their belief on Pitts um, and what he's going to mean, not only to that team this year, but uh, to that entire organization. So did, did you have any, any thoughts you wanted to add on to that? Well, I just wanted to say the, 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 the bets on, on Kyle Pitts finishing top five. I know it's, it's never been, been done before as a rookie tight end, but I feel like he's, he's only being drafted to be, be a receiver. I don't see him doing any kind of a blocking um, for, for, for uh, when, he, when he's on the field. And if you go back to the previous season, and look at all the tight ends that the top finished top five or top six. I believe all of them finished with close uh, or um, over a hundred targets besides Robert Tanyan, who had the, those 11 touchdowns. So if, if Pitts can average seven targets per game in that Falcons offense, I still think that, that he, he's a sure thing for, for top five. Well, and, and you can't even say it's never been done. You just go back to 2017 we saw Evan Ingram finish as a tight end number four in PPR, number five in standard when he was the the sole uh, pass catcher for a portion of that season when Odell went down. Uh, so he's only going to be competing with Ridley, but Matt Ryan's a guy that's not afraid to sling the ball around. So I think uh, in that season, we saw Evan Ingram get 115 targets. 
and he only came down with about half of them, just 64. So if Pitts gets close to that volume, which you and I both expect him to, that would really just be about seven targets per game, uh, which I think they drafted him to get a little bit more um, than that. Then, yeah, I think I think top five is, yeah, I'm, I'm uh, taking the, the over on that. So we saw, um, just to change the subject a little bit, we saw Hayden Hurst finish as a top 10 tight end last year. He's still going to be with the Falcons. What do you think his value or his role is going to be for this next year? Yeah, I, I think they're kind of switching some things up in that offense. And I do think a, a portion of that is going to be two tight end sets. But we, we know that Pitts is going to be put into the slot or just put out wide, especially around the goal line. And that's still going to leave uh, Hayden Hurst at the, the line of scrimmage. So if you have Hurst and tight end premium, I definitely hold on to him. Because uh, he showed signs of life, and he he was was he drafted at the end of the first round by the Ravens, or was he taken in the second round? I he, know he, he was a first round tight end. Yeah, so he's he he still has that uh, that pedigree. I know he came in a little bit older because he had a baseball uh, career be, prior to that, uh, but yeah, he he still has a little bit of life in him. Um, so I do I don't think his role changes much. Um, to be honest. So if he finished as a top 10 tight end, we might still see him do exactly that because as far as the, the receivers go, they've got Zacchaeus and they've got a couple of other guys that can stretch the field. Um, But the way that that offense is moving right now, and like we were talking about earlier, Pitts isn't going to be brought in and asked to block. Um, Hayden Hurst is a good, blocker so he's going to be in there blocking and that's going to give him uh, a lot of opportunity to be on the field so uh, I, I don't think his role changes much at all yeah looking looking at his uh his numbers from last season so he finished as tight end number nine in ppr 88 targets 56 receptions 571 yards and six touchdowns if you were to uh put that line at six touchdowns i think i, w- I would take take the over i think i think hayden hurst will get that short to intermediate um, targets while Kyle Pitts again um, a lot of uh, downfield looks but there's a lot of hype about Russell Gage right now and right, rightfully so he did ha- have a lot of targets um, towards the, the end of the season but like you were saying I think Hayden Hurst could still be a top 12 tight end this season and uh, they, they didn't pick up his option so he, he still has the opportunity to go to a team like the Bills in 2022 so if anybody's out there dropping Hayden Hurst or selling him for cheap I would definitely go out and try to acquire him. Yeah, no, that's that's a good point. And just a side note, Hayden Hurst has his own foundation too. I, I think it's on mental health awareness. Um, so I think that's pretty cool that um, I, I think he was inspired by Dak when he was hearing uh, Dak talk about depression. Uh, but so Hayden Hurst is a guy that he, he may not have uh, gotten that extension with the Falcons, but I think he's definitely uh, a locker room guy that, uh, coaches can appreciate so I think he still has the, a good five six plus years uh, left in the tank as a tight end too so um, yeah he's he's definitely worth uh, picking up if if uh, you've seen him drop I don't think Pitts changes what he does at all they're two two totally different guys yep well I, I know we kind of glossed over this quickly but um, I gotta give give you a shout out for uh, the league that that you put together that filled up within minutes I've never seen a 16-man team that was started, filled, and um, and and actually um, the draft began 
within what an hour or an hour and a half of, of creating <laughs> that league yeah yeah it was, it was pretty quick yeah we should probably mention that organization um that your co-worker put together and we we put some of the uh dues funds towards that and yeah everybody paid right away so we were able to sponsor that foundation right away uh, but yeah it was, it was it was fun we put together like like we said a uh, best ball draft it, it seems like best ball is really hot especially because the uh, sleeper has that uh I'll, I'll put together for you in the guillotine leagues you and i have to manually do some adjustments so we might be uh, actually focusing more of this off season on doing these best ball leagues um, over the the guillotine league strictly because we can draft as many as we want and just kind of leave them there uh, but yeah do you want to tell us a little bit about the charity that we uh yeah so um it, it's the uh, blue cooler charity um which is a charity that collects um and, and distributes uh winter jackets for for the homeless in the, the minneapolis and st paul area and then they also walk around with the blue cooler during the summer giving out water to homeless people so um, I think we're going to try to set up a, a time for everybody that's in the Minneapolis or St. Paul area this summer to co- go out uh, and uh, and hand out waters with the Blue Cooler charity. But yeah, it's pretty cool finding another um, charity in the Twin Cities to um, start raising some money for. Um, but I, I forgot to tell you this too, but I, I actually had four people um, reach out to me and say, hey, I tried to join the league but it's not letting me. So um, for anybody out there that is interested in, in joining a best ball super duper flex pros league, we will probably start another one as soon as this next one ends. Um, and yeah, like you said, best ball is very hot right now. So we're, we'll definitely create at least, at least one more. And who knows, as long as people want to keep uh, paying and donating charities, we'll probably just keep putting these leagues together. Yeah. All right. Well, yeah, thanks for mentioning that too. Any other closing thoughts before we get out of here? Nope, let's get out of here. Until next time, keep it flexy.